You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Vadim Naiman. See, did I mess it up again? I didn't. I tell you, <laughs> it's all good. It's the last name's easier than the first, so you did good. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you do professionally? So, um, I'm a second generation uh, bagel store owner. Uh, my father uh, and family uh, purchased um, Bagel Master, the store that I own, um, actually in 1990 um, when they first came here from Russia. And um, over the years, um, I took it over and I've been running it um, for quite some time. So you're first generation American? Um, I'm actually, I'm an immigrant. Um, I am, uh, I was six years old when my family moved here. Is this like, why a bagel shop? Like we're talking about bagels in general. I think a lot of people are like, you know, I actually sort of figured out there's a giant food trend between croissants and all these things. And I don't know how the hell we chose which are perfect for certain times of day, like bagels are breakfast meals. You know what I mean? They are. They, they are a breakfast meal. Um, I've tried to um, reintroduce them and, you know, kind of make do more modern things with them to make them an all day meal. Um, so the way my family got into it, actually, uh, my uh, great uncle, my dad's uncle, um, they, their side of the family came here in the 70s. He had a bunch of bagel stores when we came here. Um, he was offered this one. He offered it to my dad, who had no experience in this field at all. Um, he offered it to him. Um, and my dad went into the business with a partner. Um, and here we are 30 years later. Well, it was something so largely popular too, especially back in that time period. If you look like, you know, the war was going on around like, you know, if it, we were living off bread, that was everything. You know, you had soup and bread, you know, everybody, right. families would bring home bread and they would get probably like one or two loaves. It would last them maybe a week or two. And now we're in a world now where people are starting to steer away from bread, even though carbs are so damn good. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and it's funny, yes, we, you know, we are a bagel store. We, that's literally and figuratively our bread and butter. Um, but the trends have completely changed. Um, I actually, a couple of weeks ago, brought in a uh, professional chef to do a plant-based menu um, in addition to everything else we offer. Um, so the, the most important part is keeping up with the trends, you know, and, or rather staying ahead of the trends and, you know, transitioning to give people healthier options within their, you know, within their comfort zones though. Yeah. It's like back in the day, you could have easily just made bagels or made just bread in general. And you could have gotten away with so much, you know, bakeries are still popular, but they dive into other realms now. And yours is like, even I don't know, like you literally claim the title, the bagel master. So this is why I kind of want to understand where that name came from. So my, my father actually purchased the store from the original owner who was, who named it Bagel Master. He actually had a couple, couple of other locations in the area. Um, ours was the only one that ended up surviving. Um, and we 
had bought the rights to the name and logo and everything else when we purchased it from him many years ago. Um, so it is a big name to live by. I think we've uh, done a very good job of doing so. Um, and, you know, that's that's what I go with. <laughs> well, even we're talking about kind of changing up the menu a little bit too. Like, you know, it, you have the title Bagel Master, but you guys dive into way more of the realms. I'm guessing just because we're seeing, like we are saying before, with the whole trend kind of changing up, people are wanting to more vegan options or wanting more healthier options. I mean, back in the day, you could have easily just owned a bread company and you could have made so much money. But now it's like you have to dive into a whole nother thing because of the world we're living in. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's funny, I've had the conversation with not only, you know, I have some employees that are, you know, old timers that, you know, grew up in this industry, you know, worked at other places that have tried over the years to convince me to bring back or do like, you know, a big thing about the Jewish deli. And yes, we have so many recipes. And there's so many things that we have, we sell lots, you know, we um, we make all our salads, you know, tuna salad, egg salad, wafer salad. We we have all the basics. We, you know, we do it. Um, but the pastrami and the corned beef and everything else like that, if you look um, around the country, actually, there used to at one point, there were, I believe, about 7,500 Jewish uh, delis in the country. And the numbers are staggering. I think it's down to a couple of hundred now. Yeah, I only have one in my whole state. That's literally our our town has one. It's called Rosenfields, and they just made a second location. But it's like a family owned Jewish deli. You walk in, and like they literally like. That's what I like about some businesses is the family aspect of it. Right. Even though anybody that has a big family, you know, if you're in the house together, probably seven days a week, nobody's ever leaving. Somebody's reaching for a butter knife at one point, but. <laughs> It's it's like you can work with your family, even though you guys do get on each other's nerves, but it never gets too big. You never lose the true aspect of it being a business. You know, so many businesses want to expand out into different categories and try and make multiple locations to make even more money, but they end up going under because it's too much for them to handle. I I totally agree. Um, you know, I, I'm 35, but I've been in the business. I started working with my dad over 20 years ago. Um and, you know, there, there's something very, very important about, you know, me, for me to have been able to take over the business. I graduated college. I was supposed to go to law school. I always worked and helped out. And ultimately, me being able to let my dad, you know, semi-retire and then hopefully fully retire soon was something so important to me and spending the time and learning from him and, you know, continuing um continuing it was very very important i've had a million offers over the years to expand to do more to do and i've seen what happens um you know it is something that i've thought about and, and am still considering but i've seen what happens when you water down that concept and something that's very important to us and i think one of the main reasons why we've been able to stay successful is the relationship we have with our customers. Uh, most of our staff, you know, knows, you know, most of our customers by name, by order, you know, people can just come in. They don't really have to say anything. They just come up to the counter and their order is waiting most of the time. And that aspect is very lost when you go into a franchise, you know, setup, and you don't have any of that. 
Well, let's look at McDonald's, for instance. You know, they, they just they make as much money as they do is because they're all over the place because they serve something cheap, you know. But if we're owning a family style business, such as like the bagel master that you kind of run, you got to you got to focus on the connections that you're going to have with your people because you're not worried about getting a whole bunch of customers. You're worried about getting the ones that are going to definitely come back. See the people that go through the fucking drive-through at McDonald's. Let me get an egg McMuffin. It doesn't. If they're if they go somewhere else, maybe like a few hours later, somewhere down the road, and there's no McDonald's around, they find a Burger King. They're pulling in there. They don't care. But you're gonna have loyal customers that are gonna keep coming back if you make sure you bring them in on the experience. You show them like, hey, we actually care about you. Oh, you're allergic to this. Well, here you go. I don't know how you would help somebody if they had a gluten allergy even though I don't really know if that's super big of a thing. I feel like we just kind of made that up. But, I mean, you can't eat a bagel, I guess, because you got to get some gluten in there. Well, so I, I've done my best to adapt to, to all these things. Um, we actually brought in a line of gluten-free products um, because in, in order to make them and do it the right way, it's very expensive. Every, all equipment, everything has to be completely separated. Um, so what we've done is, um, you have to offer the option. Otherwise you lose that customer entirely. So we've brought in gluten-free bagels. They come in frozen. Um, you know, it's a good option. Our customers like them. We just microwave them to defrost them. Um, we also have gluten-free crackers, cookies, and, you know, pretty much everything that falls under that. Um, so it's, it's extremely important, um, you know, to try to stay above and, and, offer all these options so i i've been doing my best to you know to do that um but it is very important to stay in tune with your customers you know and we've done so for for such a long time that you know you really really have to stay in tune with what they like what will keep them happy you know it's funny because there's so many people going vegan or going vegetarian now, and it's all these kids, and it's literally trends. It's not a, it's not a serious thing. It's actual trends. It's, it's, and... it's, it's, it's what's happening. It's millennials. See, the thing is, it's, it's a throwback. That's what's happening. When it comes to everything besides nutrition, this is old stuff that's being brought back again. I mean, the fact with the clothes that we're wearing, you know, now like wearing your grandfather's flannel is a giant thing. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing one right now. I'm wearing a flannel and um, <laughs> literally everything. Like there are some new stuff with the technology that we have, but I feel like we're getting so influenced with where technology is going that we're like, maybe we should take a little bit slower. And then we're starting to see things resurface such as like, you know, uh, more classic stuff like uh, suits are coming back, like all these types of things that used to be like for job interviews, old school style hobbies such as baking, cooking, glass blowing, you know, all these types of things are starting to resurface again, only because we're getting force fed this social media and all this technology. It's expanding our minds a little bit too fast to where we are at kind of mentally, um, especially with the younger kids growing up with a cell phone. That's never been seen before. It's never, ever happened before. And it's, it's strange times we're living in. And we're focusing on like, you know how new information comes out every five years or something or every 10 years that kind of right. exposes the old trend stuff. Well, it's like that with the healthy stuff. It's keto, then it's primal, then it's carnivore, then it's vegan, then it's this, then it's that, then it's this, then it's that. And it makes it hard 
as a restaurant business to try and stay on top of all that because next thing you know everybody's drinking bubble tea or baba tea whatever it's called and then next thing you know we're only sucking on air that's it that's the new diet we're just going to eat air <laughs> well it, it's so funny you say that because that that's one of the conversations i have with some of my long-standing customers is you know they'll come in and they're placing a catering order for you know their whole family and all of a sudden somebody in the family is vegan or vegetarian so i say to them you know who is it is it an allergy thing and it's not it, it you know it's the popularity all of a sudden their 14 year old kid you know demands that you know he can he or she can only eat a certain way and my argument with it is i totally respect it i i totally get it but when you're out in the real world when you can afford to do these things yourself then you should be able to do that instead of putting, you know, guidelines of what your parents should be catering to your needs as opposed to, you know, the 15 or 20 other people at the house. They don't care. It's literally, well, this is, this is what my friend's doing. So I'm going to do it just because I need to do it. And you want want to know what the perfect example of what you just said is fucking Uber eats, man. (laughs) <laughs> Back in the day, you were stuck with a menu, and whatever you ordered is what you were getting. When you order from a pizza place, you're getting pizza. You're not getting anything else. But what happened? Uber Eats came out. Now all these kids are growing up like, man, I want pizza, but I also want Chinese. Or maybe I want a taco. And then they have this one person going to all these locations and getting them their food. No, that's not how it works. Back in my day, they if my family made food, if I didn't like it, I was sitting there until it was gone. It didn't matter. You know, it's, we have too many options now and too many choices for freedom, I guess. I'm the same way. And I, the problem is it's not freedom. What it creates is it creates a, there's no possibility for somebody who's a millennial to actually understand the word no, because it's been, everything's been catered. Everything's been given. And so when somebody actually tells them no, you know, you have a whole like breakdown in their universe that they can't actually comprehend. And, you know, I'm not getting on a whole generation, you know, I'm sure you and I are, I think we're close in age. Um, so you we're said you're we're, 35, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yep. I'm 22. We're both, we're both millennials. Right. We fall so, in that generation gap, but like, like you were saying with the social trend type thing, it's like that with the generations too. The older ones, that like my grandparents and stuff like that, were the ones that kind of didn't really understand what was going on, the more of the war times, all that type of stuff. And then when, like my parents, for instance, around kind of a, maybe 10 or so years older than you, they um they had to deal with like Woodstock era, that generation, that type of thing that was kind of going up. Like they were in the, they were old enough to really kind of enjoy that. And then like my generation now where it's all about like we're trying to recover the earth. We're trying to save it. We're trying to do all the damage undone. It's just a trend. I have no clue what the next generation is going to be. And I'm honestly kind of scared to see what it's going to turn out to be. I, I totally agree with that. You know, and that's one of the other things that we're dealing with business wise. Um, all the new changes um, that come in. So now they're, they're getting rid of all uh, plastic bags in new york state um i don't know what they're doing by you yet so they're they're removing all plastic bags um and it's funny i just saw a meme the other day that said oh so you're getting rid of the plastic bag 
But when you're at the restaurant ordering a chopped salad in a bowl with, with, you know, dressing on the side in a plastic container and the plastic fork that's going, that it's going in, but you're getting rid of the plastic bag that, you know, that it, it's always, that there's like a political motive to everything that will try to push people towards it, but the greater good. So New York State is getting rid of uh, plastic bags now. And um, there was a meme I saw the other day that said, oh, so you're ordering chopped salad in a plastic bowl. You're going to eat it with a plastic fork. The dressing is in a plastic container, but you're getting rid of the plastic bag. You know, so it's almost like a ridiculous thing of, well, are you really trying to help or are you just trying to look good by pushing this issue and initiative? You know, what are you really doing? Joe Rogan said it best. He's like, vegan is just a, it's a, it's a movement. It's a political thing now. That's all it is. People are just being vegan to be political about it. Like, oh, I don't eat meat because cruelty to animals. And it's like, we're choosing sides. It's like, do you really, are you really feel that way? Like, do you like, I I have no clue. Bread's good as shit. So people that are going to be like, oh, I'm on a gluten intolerance diet or something. I'm on a gluten, whatever. Just, you're looking more closely at it. It's like, we're just, we, we haven't had any major impacts to millennial generations yet. There hasn't been anything such as like back in the day, there was war that, so whatever was like there, whatever was like at a restaurant, there was no like, oh, you guys don't use plastic bags or you guys use plastic bags. I have to go away now, or you have to go to another store. It was, no, this is what we have when you have to work with it and you dealt with it. But now it's like, we have an option or this generation has an option to complain about something if it's not doing the right thing and then be able to try and take a business down. It's like, okay, they still use plastic containers. Maybe at one point they'll move on, but right now they're not. So are you really going to refuse to eat here and go somewhere else? It's just, we don't have anything that's, that's kind of putting a thumb on us or making us all have focus on one thing. It's all about like, Oh, I can complain about anything now. I totally agree with you. And so that was one of the, you know, as I mentioned, I brought in a professional chef to do a plant-based menu. He himself, he's a full health coach and, and chef and everything else. So he kind of gives the entire experience for a client. So he's not a plant-based, he's not anti-meat. What he does is he does it on an individual basis. So it's funny, he told me when he first started doing this, you know, he's worked with a lot of athletes and a lot of other people. Um, he had a lot of pushback from the vegan community because he was still advertising that he would give his clients meat along with, you know, in addition to the salads and everything else he was creating. And the entire community started giving him hell because it wasn't good enough for them that he didn't cut meat at. And he, he was telling, he was trying to explain to them, you know, you do what's best for every individual person. Every individual body reacts differently to different things. You can't just cut certain things out, especially if a person, you know, is adjusted to it. It takes time to do all these things. And he just stopped trying to fight them because there's no rhyme or reason. It's only, well, this is the way and this is what I know and this is how it's going to go. Well, how difficult was it for you to adjust your menu and everything on the basis of the new like lifestyle thing? Like even hiring a private chef come in and make a whole veganized menu. Like, are you still seeing the average original customers that are still getting the same basic stuff? Do you still, you probably see like maybe a few random people get the vegan options or something. 
Yes. So what, one of the things it did for us, and it worked for both uh, the chef and I, the chef has a big clientele that he was doing prep meals for, and he kind of wanted a base where people can come to him instead of him venturing it out. So, you know, it's a joint venture for us. Um, so I've seen a lot of his customers that come in and they also get some of my items. Um, I've had a lot of customers, you know, let's say a little bit older than me somewhere that are trying to add that option maybe a couple times a week. So instead of them going into one of these, you know, vegan franchises, I wanted them to continue coming to me. And that, that was my goal by bringing him in. Um, it's not easy though. Um, it's very different. You know, like my father um, doesn't understand a lot of, you know, why, where, you know, why do you know, you have to do things like this now. And it's hard for him to understand. He was super successful for so many years doing it the way that it, you know, it was done. Well, his food showed for himself, probably literally opening up a bakery or like a nice deli or something when you could smell the bread as you're walking by. Like I, I don't eat bread, but right. When I walk into a grocery store and I'm picking out like a yogurt and like next to the bread aisle or something, I can smell the fucking cinnamon raisin bagels, dude. And I swear mm -hmm. to God, if your nipples don't perk up when you smell that, then there's something literally wrong with you because it just takes me back. I mean, the amount of crazy combinations and when something is truly, really, really good, you can smell it like through anything like it's just it it brings you in it's like oh that was something back in the day the classic it seemed like the original home style touch you know that he was yep. so successful on but now we're living in a world where it's like uh yeah but it's you know it's 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 not it's not original anymore it's all social media it's like to be a business now you have to capitalize the market on interacting with everything from instagram to snapchat to twitter to pinterest to etsy it's like all right it, and you're a hundred percent right. And what's so rare about you, and I could just tell you're you're an old school, very old school mentality trapped in this generation. And it's it's a very, very rare thing. Um, I mean, listen, besides all these other changes, if I tell you what I have to deal with with workers on a daily basis, where all of a sudden I have these kids who it was okay to not go to school because there's an inch of snow on the ground, right? And, and people don't understand why I fight things like that, where I'm against the school districts just giving days off because of this, is because they do the same thing for work. So if they think it's going to snow tomorrow, they're going to start texting me the day before asking if they really have to come to work tomorrow. And it's, it's creating a mentality where literally you know the whole participation trophy thing and the whole you know it, everything's just okay to not show up it's not you can't survive you know so what i've done with some of them and to teach them a lesson is let's say i'll say sure but if you don't show up then you know what maybe you should take the day after off also and that they won't understand that and i say well i can't rely on you if this is what you're going to do every time you know, I used to come to work sick as a dog just because the store has to be open. Our store actually hasn't closed a single day in, in 19 years. Um, so, you know, I, I pride myself on the fact that no matter what storm, no matter what happens, we're able to be open. And it's not just the business thing. We serve 
Um, we serve a lot of emergency people in this area. There's a couple of police precincts. There's a couple of hospitals in this area. So we're serving a lot of the emergency workers and stuff like that. And it's very important for me to, you know, stand behind the fact that they can count on us being, it's not just, you know, oh, we're going to make money off them. No, we're there for them to be able to eat. You know, we're there for them to be able to, to get food for other people who may not be able to do it. It's being dependable. See, people, people want that reliance. People want to be able to know that, hey, even if I don't feel like going to that today, that option is always still there. But like you're saying before, they're getting millennials or this generation of people, even you're seeing older generations kind of fall into it a little bit too. Like, you know, my parents are, at, you know, like that age group is starting to kind of pick up a little bit of the bad habits that we're doing. We let this thing in saying we're, oh, they're just millennials. Oh, that's just millennials. It's like, no, it's a bad habit. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle now that we're making acceptable because of how easy it is to be your own self-starter. You know, you're seeing people start up their own businesses like crazy. It's amazing, but it's also making it very, very difficult for a business to, you know, want to please everything. It's like they want to try and keep their employees. So, oh, you're going to call out sick for the fifth day in a row. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, go ahead. It's like when you start doing that, it's like, you know, you, you, you get lazy at that point. If you're going to keep calling out sick and then you know that they're going to accept it, you know, you're just going to do it every day. You're not going to have the reliance to go to work. I try my best, even if I'm sick, I'll go to work because it's like, I'd rather be out, you know, moving around and doing stuff unless I physically can't move from the bed, then I'm still going in, you know, but now you get a runny nose or something. It's like, Hey, I don't have to go into work today. I got a runny nose. Sorry. It's like, okay. I didn't know we could play by a uh, fantasy rules here. And, and literally, and that's what it's become. And it, it's the reliance, you know, and you know, a lot of the mentality, unfortunately, as sad as it is, I have people who will say, oh, well, this is just a bagel store. You know, what's the big deal that I'm missing a day? And I try to explain to them that the kids who are, you know, either in school or in college, it's a job and it's about learning. It's about how you're going to, you know, be for the rest of your life. You know, I have a rather large staff here. I've had people who've worked for us for over 20 years. You know, these people make, you know, first of all, make good money. Second of all, have built a life for themselves. And for, you know, for other people to just say, oh, it's just a bagel store, but you're going to treat everything like that in life. You know, it's so important to, to have the right principles and have the right work ethic. And when you, you know, this, it, everything's made it okay nowadays for people to just fall off. And it's funny, I, you know, I look at the sports stuff and um, the, the, my favorite is the time management, you know, with athletes who are getting paid, you know, 20, 30 million dollars a year to entertain, literally. And you have coaches doing time management because it's best. You know, you, you had guys like, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. These guys were half dead limping on the court and they were out there playing. Meanwhile, you have guys now taking a day off every you know, week or every other week to rest themselves. I, I think it's a joke. I, I think you, know, all the, um, you have so many coaches out there trying to justify it. And I think it's all, it all boils down to the same thing, that it's just become okay. You know? And I, I think it's totally ridiculous. And I, I really hope like everything else that came back, maybe we're going to have a change sometime in the next, you know, couple of years where maybe it'll start, 
you know, like all the other trends, maybe it'll trend in the other direction and, and we'll have improvement in that aspect. Well, you it's, know, it's a lazy, it's a lazy mindset that we're thinking of now. It's like, Oh, I could just be creative. And it's like, not everybody can be a business starter. Not everyone can own a business. Not everyone can fly a plane Not everyone can do this. I'm not saying don't go after it and try it, but it's probably, you know, you still need to, you know, I, I it's hard to say because I fall on both sides of this. I do think you should have a job, but at the same time, I think if you're able to create your own business, it's a good thing. But like jobs that used to be kids' jobs, pizza delivery stuff, and no no discredit to any of them out there, but that's a fucking that's a, that's a teenager's job. That's like an under twenties job. Now you're seeing people in their fifties and forties that are doing that job because it's open and they have to work two jobs because sadly money and prices on everything is going up. So they're trying their hardest to make as much. And now your retirement benefits aren't even going to really kick in because it doesn't mean shit. You still have to go pick up another job. I've seen so many people from grocery store, um, like, like, Big, big grocery stores to small grocery stores to pizza delivery to whatever that they're in their 60s and they're delivering this type of stuff. And I'm like, what happened? They're like, no, like my retirement plan for my work it, in the time we're living in now, it's just not enough. I have to work another job. I'm like, that's terrible. Like you worked your ass off for so long and then the times are changing. Some dude's playing Fortnite and making millions of dollars. And next thing you know, you have to work your ass again on another job. Yes. And, and I totally agree with that. And I totally, that's another thing, pricing now and in the industries um, and what's going on, you know, a lot of it is political. And I understand what some of them, um, some of the politicians where they're trying to make it where it's an even playing field. But I, what I don't like about it is um, I have workers, you know, where I start them at a certain point that let's say they've reached a certain level financially. Um, but now all of a sudden I'm told by the government that I have to start somebody at this level, even th though they have no experience or no, you know, and it, it's a very, very tough battle because it's almost, it's disrespectful to the employee that it took years to maybe get to a certain level and somebody below them gets to start out at X, you know at x level so it becomes a very tough tricky road with that um it also uh, you know and i understand people deserve to make money and i'm a very very big believer in compensating people and good workers and and you know they show up for me they're reliable so well see i, I was installed with a very good work ethic i i left my job um, recently only because it just wasn't fun for me. I, you shouldn't ever have to dread getting out of your car to go into work. That should just never happen. And then once I got to that point where it was just getting too much, I was like, I'm, I'm just done with this. I don't feel comfortable here. And, um, you know, and they, you know, it was, it was like 16 bucks an hour, which is pretty good. You know, I worked, I worked my way up to that, but then I figure out a little bit later down the road that, Oh, everybody was getting paid that only because of the industry in the hotel industry was so bad at the time that it was like, oh, no, we're going to raise everybody. That's going to be minimum wage now. And then I was applying at another job, and they're like, um, it's it's eleven fifty an hour. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, how do you feel about that? That's like a $4 price cut on what you were making before. I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm happy here, 
I've, I've met a lot of these people that work here. I know a lot of the people that work here and they all love it. And it's like a fun camaraderie and I can still get my job done and not hate my life. I would rather get paid less to be able to work at somewhere I enjoy. You know, that's what you should be asking your employees or when you're doing a hiring process, like, do you want to work here or is this just a job to the other thing? If they say it's a job to the other thing, they're like, all right, cool. And then you know where they stand on it. You can hire them and have them work, but you can't, you're putting faith in employees and putting faith in people. And they're just like, this is just a fucking job to me. I don't give a shit. I can leave right now. It's like, I don't want that mentality working for me. I want someone that's going to like, you know, throw in creative ideas. I mean, if I work for you at a bagel place, dude, the amount of shit I could create would be blowing everybody's mind out of the water. And I, I agree with you and I love that. And that's why I, you know, I've tried a trend to, you know, to hire younger people and, and or people that are more creative and that are willing to bring something here and not just to check in just to get paid um i'm i'm very you know it, it's very funny to me because over the years like i said i've been here for 20 years so i've seen quite the number of employees i've seen quite the number of people i grew up with some of these people so they knew me from you know somebody who was just cleaning and stocking shelves to actually getting to the point that I'm at and reaching, you know, the point that I'm at. Um, so it, it's so important to me for people who come here that are actually going to bring value and not just going to be a body that shows up at work. Um, so that is, that is very important. Um, I totally get that. And, and I love that. I, I love people being creative and a lot of people don't allow that in their restaurants or they don't allow it i love when people you know introduce me to new things things i haven't thought of maybe or just been afraid to try because i didn't have you know the person that was able to make that you know it, it's super cool i mean i don't know if you've seen um a couple of years ago i started doing you know name sandwiches or like meals and certain things i i think you probably saw it on my instagram with some some of the new creations we've come up over the years, whether they be great, ridiculous, crazy sandwiches or, you know, super cool new salads that are both healthy and funky enough for people of, you know, all ages, generations, you know, genders to like and eat. So, you know, I, that's, that's part of the, the new generation, you know, the new generation of what, what we have to do to, I think, to grow in this business. And okay. to continue on. If I had to ask you, what is the best bagel in your opinion? What is one that is like your your all time favorite that you would get, or what is one um, that I guess you guys sell the most? So um, everything, I think the everything bagel is the most popular outside of plain. Um, you know, plain is plain. You, you have so many people that are just. Uh, unfortunately, some are just plain in life, and so that's the direction they go in. Um, so that's a, you know the top seller. Um, we also a couple of years ago we created um, we did flat bagels. I don't know if you know what they are. They're literally um, so they're a flattened out version of a of a bagel. I don't know if you have them where you are. Um, so they we actually just when you take a regular bagel, you roll it you know, you roll it by hand. So it becomes like a flat, crunchier, bigger, sur bigger surface item. Um, so to make a healthier one, we did a multigrain sunflower. So it's an actual multigrain bagel. 
um, with sunflower seeds on it. And it's become one of our, you know, most popular items in store um, since we created it years ago. Um, you know, it's a, it gives you the healthy, gives you the bagel side, it gives you all that. Um, I personally, I, I've always liked everything bagels. Um, we also do a whole wheat everything, which, you know, when the, the trends kicked in the healthier direction, you know, a lot of people move to the whole wheat everything. Um, so that's extremely, uh, extremely popular. Um, do you have, you know, do you figure that most of it is like this, is it just a common plain bagel? Like people just want the bagel rather than getting it with a meal. Cause I know you could do some crazy combinations, like throwing an egg on that bad boy, turn it into like a kind of like a croissant or more of like, you know, customized bagel. Like what do you see the most typically? Cause I mean, even though we live in a health conscious society more, when people go to donut shops, they're doing so much to these donuts now that are turning into monsters or something out of a laboratory. Like, oh, you don't want a glazed or chocolate or a brown sugar? No, I want one that's dipped in um, hash brown oil and uh, soaked in goat goat meat. And then like, it just, it's just <laughs> so much where you're like, holy shit, you got that on a donut? Yeah, I. you know what? It, it, it all depends. You know, weekends, I feel like are, are more traditional. Um, traditional time people just get you know a dozen bagels for their family get some lox cream cheese some salad stuff like that um but i also we have a lot of people especially you know weekends with people going out and we do a lot of uh let's say i, I would coin it um hangover bagels <laughs> you know where it's a good combination uh, we i mean we make a killer bacon egg and cheese you know, that, that's a, that's always been a New York staple. It's a big thing. And people always laugh. They're like, Oh, it's on a roll, but it doesn't have to be, you know, and a, a lot of, a lot of our customers will get it on a bagel, um, you know, where, you know, it's, it's a perfect combination of both and you're getting more of a meal because a, a roll isn't as filling. So, you know, when you add that to an egg sandwich um, or let's say a tuna melt, you know, you're getting, a bigger meal that will, you know, fill you more and, you know, it's a lot more solid. Um, so yeah. When we, when we talk about the bagel though, like uh, just like, you know, there's the plain bagels, we got the cinnamon raisin, we got all these types. What is your preferred bagel and how do you prefer it? Like for me, when I was a kid, there was cereal always, but then I discovered if you grab a bagel, put some butter on it, throw that bitch in the microwave for 10, 15 seconds, Get your life together, son. Oh my God, that was heaven on earth. I hate sour cream so or cream cheese. I hate any of that stuff. So it's funny. I, I grew up eating scooped out toasted everything bagels with butter and jelly. It's like mm. a perfect like melted, you know, combination of just goodness that, you know, I, I've always been a sweet and savory guy. So I love, I, I love that combination. So whether I do it, um, you know, whether I add that with all sandwiches, I love the everything seasoning, um, you know, in addition to whatever sandwich or whatever else we're doing. I've always, that's always been a favorite of mine. And that's really, um, so I've also, I don't know if you like tuna. Uh, we're actually famous for our tuna and I've always loved it. Um, so I've, I will do a, an everything bagel with uh, tuna melt with bacon on it. 
So you're getting a lot in there. You you know, you're getting this, this savory, you're getting, you know, it, 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 it's a big sandwich. Um, you know, it's a combination of meat and tuna, but I feel like, I don't know if you're a big bacon guy, but I feel like bacon always is a great addition to any sandwich. It's yeah, you can add bacon bits to anything and it'll just cheer it right up. Or if you take fresh bacon too. Now, all right, hold on. When it comes to, I used to put them in the microwave because I liked them soft. Okay, I liked them kind of mouth watery where I can bite into it and you don't you don't hear the crunch. But what I do like is when you toast it and you spread some nice jam on there and you get the sounds of the knife scraping against the lick of bread. Oh, dude, you want to talk about ASMR pleasure. That's ASMR pleasure. <laughs> yes, for, for sure. And, and you know, it's funny. There, there have been a lot of articles written recently about people who um, look down upon uh, people who get their bagels toasted. Because if you're coming in, you know, into a store that has fresh bagels, why, you know, why get it toasted? But I totally get it. I like a crunchy you know, a crunchy interior. Our bagels are boiled. You know, we make them the right old school way. So they do have a crunchy exterior, but you know, I personally, I don't love like a gooey soft, um, you know, I like it crunchy. So that's why I like toasting it for the, for the crunch aspect of it. So, you know, but those are all personal preferences. And I love, I, I love when you have newspapers writing articles about the debates you know, the huge debates, it's really everybody had a preference for, you know, eating. There's no, you know, rhyme or reason. Everybody likes to, I think um, it all started because some celebrity in New York got caught eating a lox sandwich on a cinnamon raisin bagel. So to people that was like a foreign concept and they started ripping the person apart for it. And it's like, listen, you can't hate on things until you really try them. Yeah, don't you know, you have to try be, it. My absolutely instilled that upon me he's like you know try anything once i don't know if he was talking about cocaine or anything but he was definitely pro like you know don't limit yourself to uh the same thing over and over again because you might not know what you end up enjoying absolutely absolutely and and you know we we have a very large customer base the things that you know i have i have customers ordering bacon egg and cheeses with ketchup and jelly you know where that that mm -hmm. could be disgusting to people do you like ketchup on your eggs I, I'm not a ketchup guy. I'm a hot sauce right. guy. I'm not a ketchup guy. All right. Catch, if you eat ketchup on your eggs, like my family's from Baltimore and they do that. And that's just, that disgusts the living hell out of me. It's savagery is what it is. <laughs> I had a guy from Canada send me a picture of him putting ketchup on his eggs after we talked about it. And I was like, no, sir. No, sir. Well, they all, <laughs> the shit that they do up there is really funny. And now there's a big trend. I don't know if you've seen the Montreal bagel thing has uh, kicked in the last couple of years. They've become almost like they're like the new bagel when all they've done is they, they brought back like the classic old, you know, dense small bagel style. And all of a sudden, apparently it's a Montreal bagel. I'm like, all right, guys, I know the Frenchies like want their own, you know, thing about everything. They're better than Americans. No, it's not. It's an old style bagel. They, you know, they just reintroduced it um, and they're calling it a Montreal style bagel. Um, and there's places in New York popping up, you know, and you have people like me who are classic, you know, classic bagel owners who are like, all right, guy, you've been here for two minutes. You're a fan, <laughs> you know, and it, it's just funny to me. Um, 
when you so, typically create a recipe or you create a bagel style, like how do you typically come across the creativity for it? Like you just randomly get an inspiration for it? Um, sometimes we, um, you know, people will mention it. Um, we, we started making a French toast bagel. Um, a couple of, I would say, um, it's about a year, year and a half ago. So it's actually, um, we, it actually has syrup and powdered sugar and everything on it. The base is actually, you know, an actual bagel. Um, but usually we, we like to stick to, um, the traditional flavors. We do have about 35 different types of bagels in the store. Um, but we're, we're pretty traditional. Um, something that I created recently was we created a spelt flour bagel, uh, which spelt is a very healthy grain. So once again, that was geared toward the new, the new type of eating. Um, so that's really where, where I'm going with that these days. So, you know, things like that, um, is really more health conscious. Uh, I'm not, the guy that'll make the blueberry bagel because I think that's like a fake like Dunkin' Donuts thing. You know, I, I'm a traditionalist with certain things and, and bagel flavors are that to me. Well, I, I've been trying to do this a little bit more because I do have these crazy kind of recipe ideas. So I'm going to toss this at you. If we were going to create a bagel, how okay. do you typically go around like choosing with your customer? Like if I was your customer and I was approaching, I said, I want a bagel. How would you typically find me the correct one that would fit if I did not know? So if you, if you throw an idea to me, you know, let's say you want, you know, I've had so many people, you know, ask for a cheese bagel or let's say jalapeno or bacon or things like that. We, we know how to include those ingredients in, into our recipes. Um, so we, 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 um, you know, if you come to me with a certain flavor, I'll figure out the rest and fill in, you know, and then we'll play around with it, give you a test trial, you know, where you come in, taste it, give your opinion, and then we'll keep playing with the recipe until we get it right. Mm. All right. I got, I got, I got an idea for a bagel. All right. Shoot. You got to stick with me on this one. So get one of the darkest probably shades of whatever wheat or something that you can get, whether it's like, I don't know if it would be what type of grain it would be. That would make like a nice, probably pumpernickel is the darkest. So pumpernickel, take that. Let's say toast it or make it a little bit crispy out. Whatever you do it with your boiling process and then either take peanut butter or Nutella, spread it lightly on top Add coconut, like the coconut shaved thing, like the, you just like shave a little bit of coconut okay. yep. on, on top of it. Or you can add banana, maybe a little bit of fresh fruit on the side, put it next to a parfait or like a yogurt mix. You can style it that way. Or even if you did everything but take out the parfait, you put an egg, put on top of the peanut butter. I know that sounds disgusting, but I'm telling you, peanut butter and eggs work for some reason. Put that on top, <laughs> turn that into a breakfast sandwich, bam, there you go. That sounds amazing. That actually sounds absolutely amazing. Um, you're not going to be happy with it, but I actually, our store is nut sensitive. <laughs> so we don't have peanut butter or Nutella in store. <laughs> All right, then change the peanut butter and Nutella. So add, let's say. We could do like a chocolate syrup. Yeah, you How are do. You? Well, you can do a slight, like, uh, ah, dude, Cool Whip. Okay. 
You do Cool Whip. You add a little bit of blueberries on top, maybe some sliced up banana, and then you can do um, maybe oh I don't know how how so it's almost like a waffle. Yeah, but Uh, then you add cinnamon on top of it. I mean that that sounds like heaven. And you just make it toasted enough so where like the whip the Cool Whip kind of melts a little bit, but not too much to where it still kind of stays on there. Just sprinkle a little cinnamon, chop up some banana, maybe if you want to add a little bit of fresh strawberry to it, dude. I'll put that on a side next to like a nice, um, you know, maybe some nice scrapple or some maybe a little side of bacon and eggs, man. It's like a dessert basically, but it's, oh, it's literally, it's like a Sunday ice cream with, 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 uh, you know, to go along with, um, but here's my question. Why the pumpernickel or dark bagel? Because it's for some reason when you're going on, I've started to notice like just with my own kind of like just mind in general is when it comes to a darker shade um the toasting factor i would say plays in a key kind of ingredient part it seems like darker breads toast at a different kind of consistency than lighter breads do um that's just from my like uh, observation of it like at sub shops and stuff you're you're correct and you're correct it's because of the flour the the flour reacts differently to to the heat element so that's that's all those times i walked into a subway i can't believe i was actually paying attention to more than just the actual process (laughs) well clearly you're a lot more with it than than most people but Um, and then then um with like the 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 cool whip or maybe if you want to use a little bit of cream cheese and then you add some cinnamon on top of that and then maybe a little bit of banana or blackberries on top of it the reason why is when you spread it it's going to be just enough to where it melts into the crack of the bread because it is toasted and then it it gives you that crunch but it's not hot it's not like so much where it's like you bite into it you got to wait a minute it's just it's normal temperature it's got the crisp factor to it. It's got sliced banana up there on top of it that's slowly going to stay kind of solid but still a little melty. And then you put a little sprinkle of cinnamon on there, not too much to where it overpowers it. It's it's delicious. I mean, that just sounds like I don't know. I mean, just, it, it I I think you're hitting it on the head. I think it's actually an amazing combination of everything. Um we may have to go whole wheat instead of pumpernickel because of the taste. So okay. the taste isn't um, isn't overpowering because the pumpernickel taste is very strong. I don't know if you've eaten pumpernickel bagels or or bread, you know. Um, so it, it is a overpowering taste, but I think that's an amazing combination. Now you can um, put that next to a side of fruit or next to some eggs or something, and next thing you know, you got yourself a breakfast meal. Now you got to create it. Absolutely. You know what? We're gonna have to we're gonna have to go over exactly the details of, of what I want to make sure I don't miss anything, and I'll absolutely do that for you. Send you a picture. Dude, I'm all good. about that. I would I'm definitely all put about that, that. I would put that on my podcast site and be like, "This is a bagel, and it's beautiful." <laughs> just just stare at it. It's the Mona Lisa of all bagels. You know it. Listen, it's a personal creation. I love that. You know I, that that's absolutely awesome. Have you ever had someone come up there and do that to you? Just randomly start tossing out a bunch of stuff to add onto a bagel. You're like, I don't think that's going to work. And then you see it done. You're like, damn, it does look pretty good. So I'm very open to everything. Um, Mostly it's really uh, people's ideas with, um, with sandwich combinations. 
not many people offer different kinds of bagel, like an actual, what you came up with, with toppings and stuff. Um, so, so I totally, totally get that. Um, but it's mostly different sandwich ideas, and I'm literally open to everything. And I personally try everything because I'm always interested. And that's one of the reasons a couple of years ago why I started naming things after people, you know, and actually making those sandwiches or combinations and actually naming it after them. So, you know, it's, uh, and when I started it, it kind of took off, you know, everybody, everybody now is kind of fighting for that position of, oh, well, what's going to be the next one? Who's going to be the next one to make it onto the menu? And what, what is the item? Well, that makes it more personable as a business owner too, when you're connecting with people like that. I mean, we do like, it's nice because you're kind of like, you're, you kind of have the technology at hand too. You have the social media aspect. You understand how impactful it is now compared to how your dad might understand it. But you also don't lose the whole humble experience because I can tell you, there could be some company out there that can market and do everything perfectly with advertisement, do giveaways, do whatever to make people really want to come to their store. But then it gets lost when they walk in the store and realize that nobody actually gives a shit about them as much as the social media account did. You know, like Taco Bell has the best freaking or no, it's not, not Taco Bell, it's Wendy's has the best Twitter of all time. But it's that's not when you go there, it's not that it's not that feeling like, oh, this is the one that's like tweeting out at other restaurants and stuff and making fun of McDonald's and everything. No, when you walk in there, it's just another company. And when that you can feel that when you walk in the door somewhere. And that's when a business truly i think loses especially if it's a family business it becomes too big or something when you walk in the door and you don't feel like an individual or you just feel like another number it's makes it very very difficult to want to keep eating there i i totally agree with that rob and i i think that's why it's so important that no matter how many offers and how many times people say to me oh you know when you open up your other one at the end of the day if i ever do this is the home base this is what my family built. These are the relationships that we built. And if I ever do open up another store, I will find a person, a manager, somebody else to create that in the other store. Because I think as, as these small mom, mom, and mom, mom and pop stores getting eaten up by Amazon and Target and everybody else, you still have people that absolutely appreciate that experience. And I think it's so important to continue that because as much as, listen, I, I shop on Amazon. My wife shops on Amazon. Everybody shops on Amazon. Amazon's not in the communities giving back to the community. You know, when there's a local fundraiser, I try to be the first person helping out a local school or, you know, a, a foundation. You know, Amazon's not there. So if you have that relationship with your customer, and you're the one trying to give back to them at, at the end of the day, that, that is what counts. And that, that is what matters, you know, and I think it, it's something so important to have those, to, to have that standard and, and not lose that touch. So I absolutely agree with you on that. I think people will find that the world works best when we serve as a community rather than serving as an individual. You know, I understand the fact that it's hard to be relying on others, but if we just had a little bit more faith and decided to, hey, have a conversation with someone or, you know, take an hour just to shoot the shit, you'll start to figure out that people are more open than you think. And we're all out here for each other, not really by ourselves. I totally agree with that, man. And I wish there were 
more of that. I think there's too much everybody assumes and everybody kind of just hides away from one another these days instead of actually talking to somebody. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with social media and phones and everything else because it's so, it's so much more difficult for people. I mean, not for me, but for a lot of people that grew up just speaking to somebody um, digitally, it's so difficult for them to speak to somebody face-to-face or even on the phone. I know so many people that refuse to have phone conversations where they'll text me all day or email me all day, but it, it would be such a quicker, you know, conversation on the phone. They just don't know how. Or they you voice know? text, man. That gets me. Uh, that drives me people, All right. Anybody out here listening, if you voice text, understand one thing. Your phone cannot sense emotion. So when you're saying something, even though you might be like, can you please go to the store and pick something up? Or can you do this? I'm really trying my hardest. Your phone's going to send it and whatever that person is going to intake that information in a different way. They're going to read it like, can you go to the store and pick something else or pick something up? I had a hard day. They read it and they see that and they're like, okay, I've had a hard day too. And then it goes back and forth when really it's, it's a giant miscommunication thing. Look, I have one giant rule is don't make me repeat myself. Don't do any of that type of stuff. And I have a buddy that I started this podcast um, on my first episode he was on and he does it to me just because he knows it gets me mad. And it's all about just listening. Like if you send me five texts back to back and each are a paragraph long before I even send one, I don't, I don't text you anymore. I'm a phone call type of guy. If you got something to say, let's talk it out. I have people in my house that will call me while we're in the same house. Like, <laughs> Hey, you want to go to the store? It's like, you couldn't have walked upstairs or you couldn't have walked down the hall and asked me, you had to call me. You had to text me. It's like, are we that, are we losing that much? Are we getting that lazy as people? That's just got to stop. I keep my phone in the car when I go to the grocery store. I want the connection with people because you walk by that fucking bread aisle, man. You smell that uh, uh, cinnamon raisin or something, dude. Telling you. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. It's so, it's so important. And that personal connection has to, has to exist. It has to exist. And, paying attention to people and not just, you know, nodding your head or actually listening. And, you know, if we bring that back in society, it'll, it'll be a beautiful thing. It'll be a culture shock for sure. I can tell you that. That's for sure. That's well, for sure. Vadim, I really appreciate you coming out and doing the podcast. You have proved to me that you are the bagel master. I'll tell you that. Thank, thank you so much, Rob. Thank you for taking the time. And I know I, I was, I, I didn't make it easy to make this happen. I, uh, I'm sorry for that, and I'm so happy. And thank you so much for the invitation on and for having me on. Hey, man, you came out and did it, and that's what matters, man. I was so very fortunate to be able to have this conversation with you, and I really want to give you here a minute at the end to kind of promote your content, show, tell everybody about your Instagram page and your site so people can check out the awesome creations and maybe come across that bagel idea I had. Oh no, we're definitely gonna. That's not even a question, Rob. We're gonna. You and I will will message about the exact ingredients. I'm gonna make that happen for sure. Um, hopefully, in the next couple of days, where you know I like to not put things off, and I like to try things out. I want to um, give it a cocky name. I just want to be like the mocking millennial, but I'm like, let's play it safe and just call it something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it could be the out of the blank bagel. 
hey, I'm down with that. It's it's definitely not blank for sure, but I like it. Out of the blank bagel. So the name of the store is Bagel Master. Um, the Instagram is the Bagel Master. Um, I try to I personally answer and handle all messages, everything that happens on there. I do have a food photographer that helps me out because the photography is very difficult with food. Um, and he, he's a great guy. His name is Sal, the grub father. He's actually a very big influencer on social media, but him and I are friends. We have a great relationship and he helps me out. Um, everything that's on there goes, you know, through me, it's something very important to me. And, uh, you know, I'd love for people to just check out the store. Um, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, you know, our website. I try to keep everything as up to date as possible. You know, for an old mom and pop store, I try to really bring it forward. But I do have the old school mentality and I'm trying to keep the store an old type of mom and pop feel so that, you know, our customers get that. Look, they don't mess with the Colonel's original recipe. Why should you mess with yours? Absolutely. You know. Thank, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast and stay tuned for our next episode.